VR technologies have been used for all sorts of things in and out of our industry, whether it's video games, websites that let you place furniture, or even simulations of the built environment. But what if you could use this technology to help you find closure? What if it was able to help you in the grieving process and help you take that next step forward? Listen in as I had the opportunity to talk with Jackson about a recent uh, use of the technology um, when a, a South Korean woman had the chance to reunite with her young child through a VR simulation. It was a, it's a, was a very impactful, um, emotional uh, topic, but I think it's one that you'll all enjoy. Take a listen. Before we get going, uh, before we talk about this topic, um, is it what I want to ask you first is, you know, what's your like favorite or most unique version of VR that you've seen outside of what we're about to talk about? Like, has you seen something in terms of VR that really like snagged your attention that you thought was, oh, that was really cool? So I haven't done a whole lot of research inside of VR. Um, when I was at school at A&M, we had Technology Week, and people would come in and show like different types of VR and AR from construction. Mm -hmm. But um, if we're talking about my actual favorite version of VR, it's uh, the PlayStation's VR. Yeah. Um, so I've used that a few times and it's um, really amazing. But other than that, I've never worn like an Oculus headset or done anything like that. I've tried them a few times. I get like, I get car sick really easy, um, embarrassingly easy. And so I can't, like, I want to be able to wear the goggles. I just can't. Because when I wear them, I take, like, one step, and I feel like I'm about to puke. I just mm -hmm. can't. I can't handle it. Yeah. I am uh, not very tough when it comes to that. But, so this topic is the most interesting version of VR I've ever seen. Um, good. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's one of the most interesting versions. What would you say? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, when I first watched the video, um, it was definitely unsettling. Um, part of it was the way they produced the video, the music that went along with it and everything like that. And then it would cut in and out between, you know, reality. So you see the mom with the headset on and then into the virtual reality and everything that she was seeing. And I, I can't imagine what it was like to be in that room and witnessing her going through her grief in that way. And then, you know, on top of that, they probably had access to what she was seeing at that moment too. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the, the whole experience, it, it made me very uneasy. And, um, you know, the way that she was interacting with um you know that version of her daughter and the setting that they were in it was uh it, it didn't sit right with me um it was, it was tough to watch and uh you know if we were trying to set the stage a little bit the um you know we want to do like in the news type things and so just recently it was actually a documentary so there's a documentary in South Korea, and I'm going to look up the name here. It was called I Met You. So it's I Met You is this documentary. And they, um, what they did was they had a lady on there who had 
lost her child um, three years ago to cancer. So her seven-year-old child. And in this um, documentary, what they show is they show how they use, uh, essentially they use several things from what I understand when I was reading through it. They, they took videos of this child that they had so, and they used um, several machine learning and uh, AI algorithms to learn the behaviors and the mannerisms of this uh, younger girl. Then what they did was they used a, a child, an actual child as sort of an actor, I think, to, to emulate motion. However, then they were able to use um, VR to really build an environment that had her daughter in it. And so, as you described, the video is a really intense thing to watch um, because you see you see her like interacting in in the VR with her daughter, and they look at, it looks like some paradise, you know. And I think I read that they took cues from a park that they like to go to a lot, and so they 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 built this environment so that they could show the daughter the daughter would be able to be there so the mom can talk to her and it's a pretty tough thing to watch i don't know did you read any of the comments that people were posting on the video yeah i read i read some of them and it was definitely mixed reactions um one of one of the things that i really noticed from the video was it looks like they tried to recreate her bedroom in this paradise and um it's very creepy looking um there's little triangular prisms that are like lit up on the ground um and i'm not sure if this is supposed to be some version of heaven that they placed her in i'm not sure if this was something like like you said a part of it is a park but is part of it like that they set up this bedroom and try to make it look like this was, you know, where the daughter is going to spend her afterlife and try to create that image to try to comfort the mother because the mother is not going to be able to be with her daughter anymore. The AEC Disruptors podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and champion innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for the AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. It's something I've never seen the technology used that way. Um, and in fact, when I was thinking about this and, you know, it's, it was, it's an interesting topic. So I felt like it was worth kind of bringing up and talking about. Um, it's not in our industry. It's kind of adjacent to our industry because of just the VR component. And I was, um, so, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, I've never seen it used this way. So when I thought about like, okay, what would this be called? And I started thinking like, can VR help you cope or help you find closure? 
Um, and so I started doing some research. I actually reached out to my mom, which I don't think she might be saying this, but she uh, she had a child that passed away within a couple of days of being born. And so I was curious if she saw it. And I just wanted to get her perspective because my perspective is different. Yours is different. And, and she, like, I think she really liked the video. Um, she said that, which I thought was interesting. You know, she asked, would it keep you from moving forward or would it help you take a step forward? And so if you use this, if you use this environment that was created for you as a crutch, then that would not really help you. Um, you're never going to forget, but never help you take that next step. But, you know, her next example is imagine all those people whose children, you know, there's an accident. Um, or, you know, I even saw something where Kobe Bryant's wife said something just recently about not being able to deal with what she's dealing with. Well, perhaps it gives you the opportunity to say that last thing that you didn't get to say. Um, so, I mean, I think there's relevance there. It's just, uh, it's very, it's a deep thing for VR to use. Right. Um, and another thing is, you know, everybody grieves in different ways, but what if somebody, you know, in the same situation, this mother-daughter situation that we see in the video, you know, what if, like your mom said, it keeps them from taking that step forward and they just get in this cycle where they're continuously going back to this world that's not really real, mm -hmm. but it feels real to them. So they just get sucked into it and it becomes their reality. Yep. That's an interesting, so I, uh, totally different. Not really, I guess. I, I, my guilty pleasure, one of many, is I watch all the CW superhero shows. And one of them is Supergirl. And there is um, there's a company on the show that is effectively, they create these goggles that are like VR goggles, but they're contact. And I don't know where it's going to lead, but in, before it was, you could just put yourself in an environment. And then the change was, okay, well, what if it's not an environment? What if it's a permanent reality? Like what would be wrong with you just always being in an alternate reality? And again, it's, it's a TV show and it's not real, but to your point, it's a similar thing is what if they had more comfort just always being in that, um, that, that virtual world. And I think that's where it gets a little dangerous. Um, if you ask a, a psychologist or a counselor when it comes to grief. Yeah. It's as, it's as, a, as if you have the option to eliminate real closure. Yes. Yeah. So then you're, you're never, and again, you're never going to get past it. I don't want to say like anyone gets over anything, but to be able to move forward is important. And in fact, the mom, I thought actually had a, a pretty profound quote. I don't want to get this wrong, but she said, um, three years later, I now think that I should love her more than I miss her so that I can be confident when I meet her again, or when, so I can be confident when I meet her again. So essentially it's like she had that opportunity and she was very grateful she had it. Um, and what it made her realize is she needs to remember her more and love her than miss her because she was so consumed with just missing her that she never actually was able to remember all the good stuff so that when she's able to see her the next time in real, you know, whenever that time comes, she feels confident that I, I didn't forget. And uh, I was very confident in how much I loved, 
you know, you and your experience. It's, it was a, it's a weird thing to, to think about. Right. You know, I, uh, I would say, like, I don't even know, like when I first, I would say when I first watched the video, my response is I was like looking through the comments was that's not a good idea because you're, and this was a very like, I don't know, cold part of my brain that says you, um, you should be able to, or you need to, you need to be able to sort of move past or move on um, in a positive way. And I think that would be unhealthy. And then I think that in like less than 20 days, my title changes from what I am now to that. And so I'm sure when I get to that point, there'll be a totally different response um, that of course I'd want the chance to do it again. Yeah. When I first so kind of going off this video and when I was first watching it, I was thinking of, you know, all of the different ways that VR can be used that kind of relate to the same topic. Um, let's say somebody wants to pay a VR company to recreate an old memory um, with a loved one that was deceased. Like if you went to a Red Sox game with your grandpa back in 2003 or something and your grandpa's no longer there you know is this gonna is this gonna open the door for people to request that setting to be created in vr and relive those kind of experiences or live experiences that never happened but you know it's something they want to see happen you know not necessarily even dealing with grief like let's say you want to you want to meet Babe Ruth or something and you want to meet him at Yankee Stadium you know that, that kind of stuff cool. <laughs> yeah or, or even like what if they were able to recreate where you could go watch like the Yankees in the 1920s or something I mean that that would be pretty sweet that right. you could like put these goggles on and you could sit for a whole game and experience everything um this is the first time I've ever seen this use of VR. So I'll be really curious. I tried to do some research um, and in no way do I know anything about this, but I actually looked up and there are several articles that talk about there's several stages of grief. There's what's known as acute grief, which a lot of us are used to. That's just like the, the, the um, that feeling we get right after something happens and it extends for a period of time and you know, we can't really enjoy things. We don't have any of that emotion. That's the grief we're, we're most used to. And then the, the next phase is um, called integrated grief. And that's when, like, you still feel bad, but it doesn't, um, it's more bittersweet. Like, I remember all the, the wonderful things that I did with my grandfather, um, but it doesn't overwhelm me with sadness as I move sort of into this next stage. But then, and, and that's what they say is kind of like the ideal state. You don't forget, um, but you kind of get to the point where you, it doesn't overwhelm you. But then there is a, a, a longer or a larger group of people that actually deal with what's called prolonged grief. And when I looked it up, that is where you affect, you're like emotionally paralyzed. You're, you're unable to even move forward. And, you know, some of the things it talked about was the, uh, you know, this ability to, um, one, excessive, like having guilt, excessive guilt, not being able to like say the thing you really needed to say or fear of forgetting the person or betraying them by moving on. 
for those people, there may be an avenue. There may be a, something like this may actually be really good for the individual that, you know, when I read, they talk about those are the individuals that end up depressed and they turn to, you know, substances or whatever it is to help them. But there may be a place for being able to actually just have that last conversation that you really didn't get to have that would help you kind of get past. Or, you know, if, if I, being able for my, my spouse, if, if something tragically happened to me, for me to be able to, in a, in a VR environment, tell her it's completely okay for you to, to move on. You know, I want you to move on. So I think when it comes to that prolonged grief, there may be a place for it. It just, the first time you watch it, it, it's super tough to, to see. Right. I, I agree with you. I think it is something. And like I, like we've said before, different people grieve in different ways. Um, so for those with prolonged grief, I feel like it could really help them. Now, granted, I'm not a psychology guy. I, you know, I'm a construction guy. But um, a fear I would have from this is, you know, companies who are really strong on VR possibly exploiting people mm-hmm. with that prolonged grief and um i'm sure you know it's not easy to create these environments it's not easy to use the ai to um you know recreate possible conversations with that loved one i'm sure you know a lot goes into that and i'd be concerned that people with the prolonged grief um you know they'd (laughs) they'd sacrifice any resource they had just to have that chance to see that person again or talk to them or relive an experience that they had with them. Um, So. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's always someone that's looking to, I might say exploit, but take advantage of a a situation. Um, Mm -hmm. And with any new technology, that's always going to be possible. And so this topic obviously has nothing to do with architecture or construction or, or engineering. However, um, the technology is relevant. And, uh, you know, we're, we see VR stuff all the time in our industry uh, for walkthroughs and for all these things that we do. But, you know, when you see something like this, it's, it's worth bringing up for those that didn't catch it, didn't see that this is what's happened. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's worth watching. Um, it's a tough, it's not the easiest thing to watch, um, especially, and I found that personally the hardest to watch from the outsiders view, the mom, like, you know, touching the, the child's head and, and doing all those things. That was, I was like, oh man, I can't watch this thing. Yeah. And um, then you see the camera angle of her with the goggles on and she's just reaching out and there's nothing, nothing there. Yeah. yeah. So um, pretty tough. Uh, yeah, but heart, heartbreaking. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this will be like the uh, the most um, I want to say the most real episode that I ever do, but it's going to definitely be one of the more like deeper episodes that we have on the, the AEC disruptors. It's not every day you get to talk about how VR does something like this, but it is cool to see how the technology that's even in our industry potentially is able to help someone um, find closure, uh, grieve. The AEC Disruptors Podcast is brought to you by the Bridging the Gap Podcast. They're on a mission to seek out conversations with AEC, MEP, and manufacturing industry experts who are helping drive the changing technological landscape. They will empower you to transform industries by championing innovation. So join them on their journey. 
as each episode they sit down with an industry expert who can help bridge the technology, productivity, and efficiency gap into the future. Visit bridgingthegappod.com for more information and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Any sort of things you felt like we we missed before we sign off? Uh, I was just going to mention um, some of the applications for VR in construction that um, you know would be great. Um, or so for VR, um, I would think you know recreating ancient or um, demoed buildings. Um, and, you know, being able to go through those old buildings and, you know, kind of see how the architecture was and, you know, gain knowledge of architecture in over past generations to use now. Um, another thing is uh, AR, augmented reality. So shout out to everybody who uses Pokemon Go. Uh, but <laughs> or they go to like ikea's website and it's like try this in your um fit this table in your living room right you can kind of see where it fits but i remember when i first started taking classes for construction and i started looking at 2d plans um you know for the architectural plans it was a little easier for me to visualize how the building was going to look but when i looked at things like plumbing plans mm-hmm. mechanical plans those kinds of things it was really hard for me to move from 2d to 3D, um, which of course we have 3D models now, but AR, especially for those people who are in the field who are apprentices, uh, like plumbing apprentices, um, the ability for them to put on a a set of goggles and look up at um, some decking and see, you know, what the pipe's gonna look like when it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that has a lot of value. If we, and this probably exists, I don't know. Um, and if you're listening and you do this, let us know. But the uh, even in a way using AR is X-ray. You know, imagine if my ASBUILT was fully brought it back into Revit. And so I'm as a facility manager could walk the site and I could look at a wall and be able to see see effectively all of the uh, the plumbing, all of the um, the conduit, all of the everything that goes to that wall. Because what I'm actually looking at is uh, uh, the um, the model on top of the actual environment that I'm in, and then it helps me to know: Am I going to, you know, hit the pipe when I open that wall up? Now that requires us to have a true as build, but um, and it may be out there. I always thought that was a great application for it: is using it as kind of an X-ray vision into a what's in the wall, what's in the ceiling. Right. Because that's always, I know whenever I would do, um, when we would go on site and we would do measurements, the hardest thing to figure out is like where all the stuff was because it's all covered up. So we'd be popping tiles up and looking through, but to have that x-ray vision, I think is a uh, is a great application. One thing I always thought was cool, and I guess it does have a VR, AR tie-in, would be like, how cool would it be if you could just sit, I mean, I don't know how this would even work. If I could look anywhere and I was effectively able to, whether it's through goggles or not, I could like change through time lines and like, oh, what does downtown Atlanta look like at nine, in 1920? 
and I just can stand there with my glasses and I can switch to a different time and it connects to a database that shows me that area. Um, that would be so cool. Right. Or hook it up to the Navisworks timeline and see, oh, okay, this duct needs to go before this fire pipe or else, you know, if this fire pipe goes before the duct, how are we going to hang the duct? Yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff. Just press play on the goggles and you can see exactly how you're going to want to sequence it out. So, I mean, it's a lot of power, and I've seen actually a lot of these wearables that are, they look more just like construction glasses and not the big goggles. Um, so, as the technology gets smaller, I think it's easier to integrate with and use. Um, yeah. I want to get to what they have on Supergirl. I mean, it is honestly, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, they, they look like they're putting contacts in, and it immediately is immersed them into a, an environment. Uh, so... The smaller it gets, easier it is. And if they could figure out a way to do it without getting car sick, that would be amazing. Because, I mean, it sounds silly, but there's actually a lot of people that don't use it for that reason. That they just right. get sick when they do it. And the smaller it is, the less you're going to get teased on the job site. What do you for, mean? For wearing giant, giant goggles around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, if they just look like glasses, you know, I mean, yeah. it's used from like Minority Report or some of those old movies. But cool. Um, I appreciate you talking with me about this one. This one I know is different, so I needed someone to chat with, and hopefully, it was good. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough subject, subject, but it was a great conversation about it. Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's just interesting to see what people are using with the technology that we have, um, thinking outside of what we're used to. Um, you know, I would say five years ago, perhaps, no one even thought of using VR in that way. Maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, but now that it has, now that it, this thing's gone viral, I mean, we're talking about it, and it's from South Korea. I, to your point, what are other companies going to do to be like, ooh, I, that was a lot of attention they just got. So what can we recreate? Exactly. We're thinking. The more eyeballs, the more ideas. True. Very true. That was a great way to end this podcast. <laughs> Let's wrap for the AEC disruptors. This uh, this was an interesting topic. It was one that we saw come up and we wanted to sort of push out there for those of you that hadn't had the chance to see it. It's, it's rather amazing to see what the technology can do um, that we have at our disposal. Uh, with anything, there's always going to be those opportunities for someone to take advantage of somebody. Um, but in, at least in this case, uh, this, this South Korean woman was able to find the closure she needed. And I think it was very impactful for her, uh, her processing of her grief. So it's, it's great to see the technology be able to do, um, such a thing as always, uh, follow us wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, always check back. And uh, stay tuned for more. We got another episode coming out um, for Valentine's Day. So it's going to be a very special episode. Check it out. Thanks for listening, everyone, to the AEC Disruptors. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. The AEC Disruptors is produced and directed by me and edited by Alyssa Chartier. The AEC Disruptors is an Applied Software production, copyright Applied Software 2019.